Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And Jay can't be the only Giant fan that is thinking that this morning. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save in as little as three minutes. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. They give you the little desk. Why, why is your desk so tiny? No, I put it down. Ah. I don't like it sitting up. I don't need to feel big. I'm a little guy. That's obviously Napoleon like complex. That. I got it. I didn't. I didn't say. You I drive, said I, I have just, it. I didn't say you drive a big truck, Jay. I never said that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say I like that. to be high above everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Peering down this morning, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Let's get to the headline that a lot of people around the country are talking about with regards to last night's Monday night game, and then we'll kind of dig into a smaller topic, which really is a residual effect of what we saw yet again from Daniel Jones. So if you missed it last night, Giants go in, potential game-tying drive, score a touchdown, they're down two, they go for the two-point conversion, and Jones is throwing into the end zone for Brady's old teammate, Deion Lewis, Antoine Winfield Jr. Yep. It's a P.I. The young kid whose dad was in the Let league. It go. Took too long. Got uh. an arm on it. They threw some laundry down, said it was a P.I. initially on Winfield, and they picked the flag up. Bucks win 25-23. They've yeah, won I need Deion Lewis, though, to act. I need him to – he realizes that ball is thrown behind him. It's, he's not going to be able to catch it. I need him to basically fall out of bounds and throw his – see where he's at? I need him to fall, a flop, and throw his hands up, get up animated, snatch his chin strap off, scream at the – I need him to talk the ref into giving me that P.I. Sell I need it. He got to sell it. That's perfect because I need Daniel Jones to throw the ball a second and a half earlier because it would he would, it was wide open. Yeah. It was wide open. It was a late ball, and it was behind him. It was late. It was behind him. But I also do need Daniel Jones to run toward the referee. I need him to run Tom Brady-like, mm. Peyton Manning-like, Dan Marino-like, run down there to get him to – you talk him into it in I'm, that situation. How many calls did it. you sell, Keyshawn? How many calls like probably weren't pass interference, but you sold Let it me tell you one. to make it? <laughs> it's funny. I, it, it, maybe you can find the clip. I don't know. So we're playing the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's probably third and – Man, it might have been third and 27, if I can remember. The playbook for that, huh? <laughs> no playbook except push. <laughs> and I'm on Cincinnati. I run a comeback on Cincinnati's sideline. And I live, literally ran down, dropped my hips. And when I came on my break, I took both hands and pushed this dude to the ground right in front of the referee. The bench went crazy. Boop, first down. Move the chains. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I played against... Uh, I was in Tampa. I played against the Carolina Pan- I was in Carolina, played against Tampa Bay, and ran a, got a ball, boom, boom, caught a ball on the sideline. Guy hits me. I literally went to the wall. I threw the ball in the air and went to the wall. 15 yards. You got to sell it sometimes. Mm. Got to sell it. It worked. So the Bucks win 25-23. They're off to their best eight-game start since Key, and the Bucks won the Super Bowl there almost 20 years ago. A lot of people, Jeez. including Jay, wondering about the future of Daniel Jones, where this guy stands. The pick from general manager Dave Gettleman, the controversy about a year and a half in, as we know, not a huge sample size. Joe Judge, though, the guy that's going to make the most important call of all, making it pretty clear on where he stands with Danny Dimes. Daniel's our quarterback. All right, what we have to do is just make sure we keep improving everything around him and that we coach every player the same way. Uh, I told Daniel on both times the play happened you know, tonight. I just told him to be patient with it. Stay committed to it. We're going to need you down the stretch. We need you to make plays. And obviously, in that final drive, he made a lot of big plays for us. So you just got to keep moving on. Things happen in games. You know, we're not going to go ahead and tolerate everyone on the team 
you know, having a one-off type of deal. And I can't have, you know, one-offs as coaching staffs. We've all got to hold ourselves accountable and the man next to us accountable. But Daniel's our quarterback, clearly put. Okay, I want to just mention one last thing on the Giants. They're one in seven, but, and I go, this isn't a murderer's row of opposition, but they are one in seven. Judge continues to say they improved. They did lose to the Bears by four. They lost to the Cowboys by three. They lost to the Eagles by one. And they lost to the Bucks by two. I'm not saying that's the greatest competition out there, but they're putting themselves in game. Their only true blowout was a 25-point loss to the 49ers. So one in seven is one in seven, but they've been in tons of ball games right at the end. So if it's not Daniel Jones, we're asking you this morning, you don't have to be a Giants fan to answer this. Simply put, on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who would you draft first overall? Or who would you draft one in front of the other? Justin Fields of Ohio State or Trevor Lawrence of the Clemson Tigers, who, by the way, won't be playing Saturday against Notre Dame. The draft next April in Cleveland. Goodell says whose name first? Who should he say first? Fields or Lawrence? Hit us up, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Or, if you prefer, Key J and Z on Twitter. You guys haven't weighed in as much this morning on that, so we'll get the listener response in a second. Who do you got right now? Fields, Lawrence. I don't have either because I need to see him. It just because I watched them play against Georgia Tech or I watched them play against Nebraska, it's a lot of football to be played. You have to do evaluate. You have to evaluate these guys. You have to really break down their film. You have to evaluate them. You have to be able to sit down and talk to them. Certain general managers haven't even seen them play yet, especially live. They probably watched some tape. Think about it. But Lawrence has played over thirty games. I mean, but they, but but they haven't probably started. They they're not gonna start really breaking these dudes down until later in the season. And the reason that is is because they don't want to waste time investing into trying to evaluate you when you may not even come out of school. They don't know. They're waiting. They're worried about keeping their jobs. They're going to get fired or not. What what uh, are they scouting NFL teams? The, so what happens in the college process is there's college scouts that are evaluating. Mm-hmm. Then there's a general manager and a few personnel people. They'll take a look at these players, but they're not breaking them all the way down like they will when the season is over. You think Joe Judge or, or Adam Gase has seen Trevor Lawrence at all, like really like paid attention to him? No, they're trying to save their jobs. They're worried about the next opponent. They're not sitting up saying, oh, my God, I got to think about this quarterback. I got to think about this quarterback right now. No, but that this, doesn't happen till later on. Here's why Trevor, here's why Trevor Lawrence will go number one. I, I, and Key, I'm, I'm not a football expert to get into the nuances of footwork in the pocket, going through the progressions, but I think public perception will be so strong around Trevor Lawrence after Clemson gets done doing what they're doing this year. If they end up winning a national football championship, and he's won two, considering the level of exposure he's had, the winning percentage that he's had, the touchdown passes that he had. I, I think we would be remiss to say any GM would just go gloss over him at, with number one pick. I don't think that you gloss over him, Jay. I just seen this, how this goes, man. We're in November. These general managers and head coaches and quarterback coaches have yet to evaluate him personally to see him. Not only that, if you think about it, a guy like Joe Burrow came out of nowhere. Trevor Lawrence played against LSU last year, didn't he? In the playoff. In, against LSU. Mm-hmm. He looked a little bit different. They've yet to really break that down. So I understand when we start to say, 
He's once in a lifetime. Greg McElroy said he's a future Hall of Famer. Okay. That's on he you. He said he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck. I, that's fine. Every year it's the but best he, prospect. He's not the only else. one who said this, so I'm not saying multiple I'm, NFL I'm not, experts not, have I, said those type of I'm words. I'm not about saying him. that. I'm not saying that that he's not. All I'm saying is it's mighty early to start saying those sort of Can things. Can you do me a favor? Can you stop wavering? You own a football team right now. The draft were to happen tomorrow. You have to make a decision based upon what you've seen thus far from Justin Fields playing 15 games. Yes, he's played exponentially better this year than what he did last year as opposed to the body of work that you have for Trevor Lawrence. If you have to start your team with a quarterback, you, Keyshawn Johnson, who do you take with the first pick in the draft? I don't know because I've yet to see him. I've yet to see him. Dude, I've got to evaluate it. I'm not just going to base it on them You're playing fired. college football. I'm not fired. You're fired. You'll be fired. Because you could. You'll hey, be fired. You have to Bill, make a decision. Bill, Bill Polian made a decision on Peyton Manning versus Ryan Lee. You're a football expert. You the watch football. Key, I watch what you do on Saturdays. Right? You watch a lot of football on Saturdays. The, the old Key, Hall did, of Fame. No. Nope, the old nope. Hall of Fame. Key, Key, General Bill Polian made a decision on Peyton Manning versus Ryan Lee. And he was right. And he was right. But he didn't make that snap decision based on November. He made it after sitting down, evaluating the prospect. It was 50-50 it, back then. That's all I'm saying. Me, it was 50-50 back then. Why do you refuse just, to play my you game? Because your game sucks, and I'm not going to play it. That's why. Because if you think about it, you think about it. Justin Herbert was praised as the guy for the last three years prior to coming out his senior year. He was picked as the number one overall pick. And we can ask Mel Kuyper, who's going to join us later on the show, where he had Justin Herbert going into his senior year. It wasn't about Tua and Joe Burrow. It was about Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, as they started to break down and evaluate him, I want people to understand that right now, yes, he may be on everybody's board as the number one overall, and people are saying all the glaring things about him. He's a family guy. You Uh name it. All of those things. It's great. I get it. But until they break it down, when they start to evaluate it in January and they get him at the combine and they see his private workouts and all of those sort of things up against a Justin Fields and whoever else, the BYU quarterback or the South Dakota kid, all of those guys, and then somebody we may not even be thinking about right now that comes out of nowhere. Teams change their mind. The best evidence that for Key's argument, and this is infallible, if Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, or Kyler Murray would have come out one year prior to the year they did, there's no way any of them would have been the number one overall pick in the draft. But they put that last season together, they got the full evaluation, and they all ended up. You have to evaluate these guys. I I wonder where experts would have had Trevor Lawrence last year. One. Okay. Right? Okay. He, I mean, I mean, whether you like him or not, they would have had him. He would have been one last year, correct? It, it, but, but so he would have been, been, been one last year. He'd have been one last year. But guess who took one? Arizona, mm-hmm. because Cliff Kingsbury wanted Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm saying. You, everybody's like, he's one. He's one. The coach who is selected to take over the Jets or Jacksonville, whoever, may like Justin Fields. May like that style of play I'm versus saying, the other guy. There's not as much tape that you need to continue to have on Trevor Lawrence. And I, I hear what you're saying no, about not other prospects. Not tape. It's not tape that you're Breaking looking at. Breaking down. It, 
quarterbacks are some of the hardest positions to evaluate. I need to see him throw live. If I haven't seen him throw live in person, meaning like head coaches don't get on the road or don't get on the road during the season. It's not like it's not like high school to uh, college coaches to high school players. Pro coaches, they're sitting, they're worried. Sean Payton is worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians is worried about the New Orleans Saints. They're not worried about what Trevor Lawrence is doing. They'll see Trevor Lawrence in Justin Fields in January. They'll look at them when their season's is over with because they don't have the time to pay attention. The scouts are not the decision makers. The scouts are the people that, that compile the information to give to the general manager and to the college evaluators and the pro evaluators to make a decision on whether this guy is worthy of being on the board. That's what they're there for. Then the coaches essentially, along with the general managers, make the decision on who they should draft. I hear you. I'm, I just go back to my real quick point about public perception and about the power behind that with everything He's that comes along bit. with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, let me beat the political pundits to it. With early precincts reporting, 78% of you have actually chosen Trevor Lawrence. Tony Franklin, 76, on Twitter, saying, quote, name the last OSU quarterback that wasn't a bust. I'll wait. Time and circumstance, different time and circumstance. Here, here's the circumstance we're going to pitch to you. If Trevor Lawrence goes one to the Jets, right now the Giants would have the second overall pick based on record. So, should the Giants at two draft Ohio State's Justin Fields if he's available when they pick at two, knowing they obviously already have Daniel Jones in the fold? Our general manager, Mike Tannenbaum, with his answer. If I'm the New York Giants, I've watched Daniel Jones for the last two years. I'm going to draft Justin Fields out of Ohio State. The only question I have about Fields is, why could he not beat out Jacob Fromm at the University of Georgia? But besides that, he's prototypical size. His completion percentage has gotten better and better. He doesn't turn the ball over, and he has a much higher ceiling than Daniel Jones. We're seeing the same mistakes that Daniel Jones made at Duke in his first year and a half in the pros. If I'm the New York Giants, I take fields and move on from Jones. Much more talk about this throughout the morning. Once again, weigh in, key JNZ. It'll be either fields or Lawrence. Let's talk about a team that has absolutely positively no QB issues. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Jacob from Major Day. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Let's go from college to the NFL, and that quarterback, obviously, that they don't need to worry about, even though they apparently drafted somebody, is Aaron Rodgers. Let's bring in Mark Tauscher, the former Packers offensive tackle, Super Bowl champion. He's got a show on our ESPN Milwaukee affiliate, 94.5. Good morning, Mark. Um, First things first, Trade deadline, 4 p.m. Eastern today. There's been some talk that the Packers have had some trouble on defense. The wide receiver position haven't been able to stay healthy. What are you hearing? Well, I think, you know, there's been talk and there's been some confirmed reports that Will Fuller from Houston is somebody that Green Bay is looking seriously at trying to get. And when you kind of watched how Sunday's game played out, a game, you know, Green Bay should have won, but Minnesota kind of played to that formula of run the football, keep it away from Aaron Rodgers, get a lead. And then it's, is there somebody besides Devontae Adams that can beat you? And unfortunately the answer on Sunday was no. So now do you wait for Alan Lazard to get back or do you push the button and say, let's go make a move here and bring in another talented player on the perimeter to help Aaron Rodgers be able to outscore some teams that, you know, when your defense has some, some weaknesses, which Green Bay's obviously does. What's up, Mark, man. No, not much. Key, how are you? I'm good, bud. I'm real good. Okay, so you go out there and you try and figure out a weapon to to add to the offensive side of the ball, but you also have some defensive help. Where should the priority be? Well, I mean, obviously, if there was a a big-time middle linebacker that was available that you thought could come in and make a huge impact, I just don't think teams teams are really realizing – how important that position is, and they're not going to give somebody up like that. And you saw Quan Alexander get trades get traded yesterday. I do think the receiving spot. There are more teams that are selling this year than I think are usual, and I think there are some wide receiver prospects that you think you could go and get. I I don't think there's that guy that will come in and make a monster impact on your defense like there could be someone that when you need a number two wide out right now, like I think Green Bay does. There are guys that are available, and there are teams that are saying, this season's over, we're going to try to compile draft picks and get that you know six, eight-game rental to try to get you over the top. Because this year, I think getting that one seed is as critical as we've ever seen it. Because of the fact you don't have to play that opening weekend, I think that this year it's even more important. Trying to figure out how you can win and get in that spot needs to be, I think, everybody, especially in the NFC, New Orleans, Tampa, Green Bay, whoever can get to that one spot, I think is going to have a huge advantage. How confident are you in that the Packers will win the NFC North? I'm real confident. I just don't think, uh, you know, other than Chicago, and Chicago's defense is always good, but if you don't have the guy playing quarterback, you just consistently, you can win a game or two, you can't do it consistently. And that's where I think Aaron Rodgers and where Green Bay always has that advantage is that that position is always going to be markedly better and when push comes to shove that usually dictates who wins divisions mark who is the best team in the nfc and how far off are the packers from that i think if you look at it right now you, you could say seattle i think their defense is also flawed 
but Tampa Bay, I think, is the most complete team. They had a game last night where they didn't play well, but to their credit, they found a way to get it done. And I think that defense, when you know Green Bay went down to Tampa, we all were thinking, all right, here, let's see. And Tampa's defense had answers. And that was the first time all season that Green Bay's offense didn't have answers to kind of come back from it. So I think from a complete team standpoint, uh, with their middle linebackers playing as well as they are, Tampa's the team to beat right now, but I still I, I think everybody that bets against Aaron Rodgers is doing it at their own peril. Hmm. The Packers play a depleted 49ers team, no Kittle, no Jimmy G. What do you expect to see from that team? Well, it, the, you know, the issue, interesting part is, A, is it going to be played? Obviously, we heard that A.J. Dillon uh, tested positive. How is that going to affect the rest of the, the running back room? And is Aaron Jones going to be able to play? But San Fran is beat up, and I think Green Bay – has a lot riding on this game because of the fact how those games played out last year. Matt LaFleur has a ton of relationships within that staff. So their motivation level is going to be incredibly high. And you guys don't lose back-to-back games under Matt LaFleur. They have not lost back-to-back. I would expect a huge bounce back from a disappointing Sunday. And when you factor in no Jimmy G, no Kittle, you know all of the defensive linemen, that really is why Green Bay struggled so much against San Fran you think Green Bay would be, a, would be a prohibitive favorite on Thursday if that game is played on time. With everything happening with COVID in Wisconsin, with the Badgers, do you think that Purdue and the Badgers will play this weekend? Man, I hope so, but I, I think if you're betting, you'd probably say no. Um, I, I think today is when that will hopefully get announced one way or the other. The numbers, you know, unfortunately, we get, we get that quarterback. Everybody was excited about what Graham Mertz was able to do a couple Fridays ago. And every, the excitement level, and all of a sudden on that Sunday, the air kind of came out. And so from a Wisconsin standpoint, you want to get back. Hopefully, you know, Graham Mertz will not be eligible to play until that Michigan game. But if, you know, if the numbers have come down, uh, we'll, we should find out today. But I'm thinking it's going to be a stretch uh, to see that happen this coming Saturday. You got plenty to talk about on your show this morning on ESPN 94.5. In Milwaukee, thank you so much for being here, providing a little professional and collegiate expertise on a state that's in the news for a ton of reasons. Mark, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Again, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including the all-time tiebreaker in the Fields-Lawrence debate. We'll have more on that in just one second. A reminder, Mark, look, when you're a Super Bowl champion, that's the only thing you need on your resume. You got talking points for life. His player resume brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. On the way, like I said, he's not sure about Lawrence and Fields. Jay loves Fields. The Twitter feed loves Lawrence. Who does Mel Kuyper Jr., who's been evaluating these guys for 40 years, think? Thank you, Mel. Mel will join us coming up next. But first, this word from ESPN Radio to ESPN+. Plus. Starting Monday, November 9th, you can stream The Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gatz, Greeny, The Max Kellerman Show, and Shanae and Golick Jr. Live daily on ESPN+, Plus, along with live sports, exclusive originals, and more. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. And as always, you can listen to ESPN radio stations all across the country on Sirius XM and, of course, on the ESPN app. Trevor Lawrence will not play at Notre Dame. Ten days to isolate. He, he will, will not, not go. go. It's not a must-win game for Clemson. And it also allows them to give the time that Trevor Lawrence needs to really get himself ready. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. 
It's a great point. That was made by Key earlier this morning. Many people did watch them live in person or on your television when they met in last year's college football playoff, a game that was won by Clemson with Trevor Lawrence making one of the great runs in Clemson history despite that arm and Justin Fields throwing a late pick. So the Tigers got the best of them that day. The NFL story between the two is yet to be written. We're asking you the simple question this morning on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Bottom line, this is easy. Brass tacks. Who would you draft number one overall? Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? Right now, early returns on the Twitter feed, 78%. Lawrence, keep weighing in this morning. We'll talk about it further at 845 this morning. But without any further ado, the man that probably has the best opinion on this question of anybody, Mel Kuyper Jr., draft expert, 40 years analyzing the NFL draft. Good morning, Mel. Next April... In Cleveland, when Roger Goodell goes to the podium and he has an opportunity to say with the first overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the fill in the blank that needs a quarterback should select either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Oh, uh, yeah, come it's, on. it's way too early. I'm not going to box myself into that corner. Thank Dude, you, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it in, in uh, early November. That's not happening. I have, I used to have until early March when I came out with the draft report. I have a little longer now uh, when Key was on the cover of that 1996 draft report, that blue book. But don't have to make those decisions in early March. You can wait a little bit. And right now, I mean, Trevor, you're not going to take Trevor off that spot. I mean, uh, you want to see him against Notre Dame. Unfortunately, we won't. We'll see big games down the road with Trevor. We all remember the LSU game at 48.6%, not the Trevor Lawrence we saw in previous games, even as a freshman when he was on that big stage against Notre Dame and Alabama looking great. So I'm not going to dock him for one game, knock him for that one game uh, against LSU. So uh, yeah, I still think Justin Fields is right there, and I thought that all along. This notion there was this huge, huge gap. I said that back in August. wasn't the case. There were people saying just a couple weeks ago, oh, he's a mid-first rounder. He's not in the league with Trevor Lawrence. That was all ridiculous talk that made no sense to me, but people have their opinions and they have the right to it. But you know, now all of a sudden, Justin Fields is kind of one and one A. I'm not ready to say that either. Uh, he's played you know, the, the two games. Uh, last year was his first year so uh, as a starting quarterback. So let's wait it out, but let's, uh, I will tell you this, guys. It's pretty obvious to everybody the first and second pick overall are going to be those two players. So wait, Mel, because Key is over here gloating because he's saying he was right. <laughs> no, I'm not gloating. I just I, I like to hear expert opinions by guys that do this from January to January, I hear 365 you. days, and that is what Mel do. Go ahead. I hear you. So, Mel, with that being said, if Justin Fields is 1B, what does he need to do be, to become 1A? Well, again, you have two quarterbacks that are outstanding, and it gets into if Lawrence – keeps performing once he comes back and he's healthy and he's he's over this. Uh, you know, how does he play on the biggest stage? We've already seen him play pitch and catch against cupcakes. Okay, we want to see him against the kind of competition. Notre Dame's got a pretty good defense. It would have been nice to see that game. Unfortunately, we won't have that. The only hiccup in, in the career of Trevor Lawrence, you can say, well, well, when Sean Wade got ejected for targeting, that game changed, but he made the plays with his legs and his arm to bring them back to beat Ohio State. So he was struggling a little bit. Wade gets ejected. Boy, he He's rolling after that. Then the LSU games. So that's the only game in his career where he didn't look like, is he the number one guy? But it's one game. Now you go to Justin Fields. He's been lights out. And he has been phenomenal. But, again, you want to see him down the road in those big, big games. How he does. And keep in mind, they beat Clemson. Chris Olave admitted 
It wasn't on that interception by Nolan Turner in the end zone. It wasn't on Fields. It was on Olave. So, yeah, the way the season ended in the thud, it wasn't on Justin Fields. So, again, he's been great. So to, One's going to be one. One's going to be two. At the end of the day, that's the way it's going to go, guys. And I, don't, I think we're splitting hairs here. At, at, even at the end, even if you have to project to April, I think you're going to be really close. And you've got to make that call. And that's going to be the tough thing that somebody's going to have to do. But I would still say Trevor won Justin Fields, too. You've been covering these things for a very long time as Zubin mentioned Mel and you go back to 1999 and you look at the Tim Cow- or you look at the Edron James Ricky Williams situation at the running back so close Edron James goes to Indy Ricky goes to New Orleans so you look at the Tim Couch situation Donovan McNabb Tim Couch goes number one overall or Peyton Manning Ryan Leaf these things are so close that I was trying to tell the guys that you gotta wait until we get into the offseason where general managers and college or head coaches and position coaches could actually see these guys up yeah. close in person, does that make a huge difference? Yeah, it all does when it's that close. And it's going to be a gut feel when you talk to these guys who has that it factor. And when you talk to everybody, who's the most competitive? And I, I don't say everybody plays football as a competitor. You guys, you know that key better than anybody. Everybody is a competitor. But are you a 6, 7, or are you a 10? Okay, and that's what I think they're going to also try to figure out. When, they, when everything's equal, where's that, where, how are you going to make that, that decision? And I think you go back. I remember Rick Meyer, Drew Bledsoe was another good, tough decision yes. for a lot of GMs. The Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning, revisionist history said everybody was Peyton Manning. I know different because I talked to people in the league, and I'll tell you it was a 50-50 split. Fortunately, I had Manning ahead of Leaf, but some had Leaf ahead of Manning. I've made mistakes on other one-two situations, but not in that case. But I think it's going to be tough. It's, but hopefully, again, like a trade, it's supposed to be good for both teams, right? Not Times it isn't, but it's supposed to be. Here, one and two are supposed to be great. Now, in the case of Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, look what happened. Okay, in the case of Leaf and Manning, look what happened. Meyer and Bledsoe, look what happened. But I think in this particular case, you're expecting both Fields and Lawrence, Lawrence Fields, to both go one two and both be phenomenal quarterbacks in this league. Mel, we just saw the Jets take Sam Darnold third overall uh, three years ago. Why should the Jets move on, if at all? From Darnold to Fields or Lawrence, if they well, should. I, it is a case where you take the, the higher-rated quarterback. I mean, I like Sam Darnold coming out. I had Josh Allen higher. A lot of people didn't, but we'll see how that rolls out as we move through these careers of these quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, all that group. Look at Lamar, went to the end of the first round that year. Uh, Josh Rosen, where's Josh now in Tampa, waiting to see what happens. His career now, we don't know how that's going to get going. So it's still really early. Sam is a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. You can say I'm crazy about both of them, but they're in New York. They're dealing with adversity. They're dealing with criticism. I think if the Jets are picking number one, Sam Darn was traded. Probably, I thought for a late one, I thought New Orleans, I thought... Pittsburgh, Indy would be good spots, but people say now more of a second rounder. If you can get Sam Darnold for a second rounder, I'd do that in a second. But I think you take Trevor Lawrence uh, if you're picking number one and you're the New York Jets and you move Sam Darnold, you get what you can. Now, you know, if, you're, if, it's, if Justin Fields may be there too, and if he's there, then you take Justin Fields. If we decide by March, April that it's, it's one and one A, then those two would be ahead of the Darnold Jones situation for the grade that they had coming out, the grade that Lawrence and Fields had is going to obviously be way ahead of what those two quarterbacks were coming out of college the year they did. Mel, how is this season with the pandemic and more opt-outs 
probably than ever in the history of football. How does that affect the scouting process? Not a lot for me, and I talk to people in the league. I mean, you're still doing what you do, uh, you know, in terms of, of, uh, of evaluating players. You had a lot of in-house scouting on these kids going in. We don't know what the combine, senior bowl, all-star games is going to be. Uh, we already had one of those canceled. Uh, we don't know what pro days are going to be like. We don't know what this, uh, the virus is going to be uh, come that time. But I think you do the best you can. You're, you're doing the best. Everybody's doing the best they can in a bad situation until this vaccine comes out and you end this virus. But until that happens, you, you, you work with you, you watch football. That's all I do each day. Been doing it for, like you said, almost 40 years now. And you watch football players, and nothing from that standpoint has changed. Mel Kiper Jr. joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, ESPN NFL draft expert, has covered the draft since 1984. Let me ask you this question, Mel. Mm-hmm. Our West Pac 12 conference obviously getting underway this weekend with big play. Outside of the guys who have opted out of the Pac-12, who's left to be desired as a high draft pick sleeper type that's out west? Well, the guys that I'm tar- targeting aren't sleeper-type guys. They're names, but they're, they're borderline. And I think I highlighted Frank Darby at Arizona State playing for Herm. Herm had you know, the Keel Harry first-round pick. Then last year he had Brandon Ayuk. Now it's Frank Darby's turn to be the guy. And he's been a, a vertical stretch guy up until now. Now that 30-plus catches, this has to be 60-plus catches. He has to be the man there. Cal has a couple defensive players. Cameron Bynum, cornerback, and Coin Deng, the linebacker, former VMI Juco, now he had 119 tackles. Deng's a guy to watch on that inside with his 6'6", 250-pound frame. So those are some guys from that standpoint. Felton, the do-it-all uh, you know, kid at UCLA, running back receiver, return man. There's a lot of exciting players in the Pac-12. Some aren't playing. Penny Sewell, obviously the left tackle from Oregon, is the highest-rated player in the Pac-12 opting out. There's no question about it, whether it's Micah Parsons at Penn State, whether it's Sewell, the idea is these guys have already put so much on mm-hmm. tape. There's no risk in coming back, especially if your season goes on, you struggle, you're out of the championship race. What does it really matter? Mel, we will see you plenty before next late April when we hope the NFL draft happens again, this time yeah. in the rabid NFL town of Cleveland with, with fans in attendance. And when, hang on one second, got to do the Keyshawn question, right? Key? Key? Uh, yeah, do whatever question you have. All right, so when I Key came question, out, yeah. go ahead. Mel, what was Keyshawn's rating? What, what was his breakdown when he his was coming out of college? Breakdown, he had a 9-7 grade, one of the higher grades I've ever given a, a wide wow. receiver, if not the highest. And I said, that, remember, it's Key, as a youngster, what were you doing? You're a ball boy at the Trojan football program yeah, for what, seven years? So programs and games, this is a worker, and that's why I stressed in there. The guy was out there. He loved football, unselfish player. And my final comment was, I've no, I talked to you even before you came out. Remember we were talking about should you come out yes. or stay the year before. I said, I've known uh, Keith for two years, always found to be a pleasure to talk to for such a flashy athlete. It may surprise you just how focused he is on the job at hand, studies opponent tendencies, gains an edge any way he possibly can. I was super high on Michael Irvin when he came out of Miami and feel the exact same way about Johnson. The kid has definite star quality. Boom, number Number one player in the draft, number one rating in the draft. Boom. Wow, that's Key? See, on the even... cover of the book, too. Yeah. On the cover of the book. <laughs> wasn't even Catching close. Catching a pass and turning it up. Catching a pass How much he pay you for that, Mel? How much he pay you for that? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, let's lay off Daniel Jones. Let's say he, he showed on the big stage last night in a key situation that he had some metal in that final drive. Now, that last throw, it should, in my opinion, that's pass interference. You throw the flag, it's pass interference. Simultaneous didn't look simultaneous to me. That was their, their reason for changing it. If, it is, if their reason is it's simultaneous, they're wrong. It should have been a flag. Daniel Jones is learning. He's 20 starts into his career, guys. He's not uh, 65 starts in. Yeah, Peyton, Ma- Peyton Manning had 23 interceptions his fourth 
year in the league. He had 100 interceptions his first five years. He had 53 the five years after that. He's learning, and those are learning mm, teaching. People said, well, when, when's he going to stop making those mistakes? Well, he's only in a year and a half into his career, okay? Josh Allen in year two was making mistakes just like that. In year three, he's not making any of those mistakes. No, so Let's give these young true. quarterbacks a little time, okay? No, he needs some playmakers around him, and it's up to Dave Gettleman if he survives to – draft guys that he could put around him because when you look at some of Dave Kettleman's draft picks, geez, whether it's Baker who probably will be in jail or whether people are talking about Daniel Jones who needs to grow or Andrew Thomas who they're not happy with right now. I mean, you start to look at some of that stuff, he's like, well, he's got to do a better job. But, Mel, here's a conundrum. If they continue to lose at this rate, say the Jets win a couple more games, say the Giants end up with the first pick in the draft, what do you do? You're going to stay committed to Daniel Jones? No, if you, you have take Andrew Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. You take yeah, Trevor Lawrence exactly. to Justin Fields. You exactly. do that. You move on. And that's the unfortunate part of it. It's not that it's – like I said, somebody's going to give up a, a, a high draft pick, whether it's a late one or two, for Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones if they're available via that situation where the, you're picking one and you got to take Trevor Lawrence, two, you got to take Justin Fields if you feel that grade is so much different or so much better for those two than it was for Darnold and Jones. And I would argue it will be, okay? So in that case, mm-hmm. you have to, to move those quarterbacks. But it's not an indictment, I think, on them. It's just how, how great and how high a grade Lawrence and Fields have because I still do believe in just, you just can't let New York media beat you up. I've heard everybody say he's the GOAT. You got, you got the GOAT and you got the GOAT. That's what they're going to say. You got the greatest of all time and the true GOAT. Okay, Leslie. Well, in that final drive, I saw some I saw some throws that indicate the people who watch football for a lot of years and, and, and are, have a, or just calm it down a little bit and don't overreact and realize this isn't a six-year veteran making that mistake. This isn't a four-year guy making it. This is a year and a half in with a team that's going to be picking in the top five of the draft. It's been competitive in these games and he hasn't made the play late. I get that. But in that game, he made the plays late. Should have been in interference should have been overtime and then it would have been nice to see in overtime how that play we, we were robbed I think of overtime for a quarterback to see the greatest of all time against Daniel Jones what happens in overtime would have been fun to see but we were not given that opportunity when you pick up a flag after you make a call give me a break mm-hmm. fair enough that certainly could have changed the narrative on the guy that's been in the league just one and a half years but we'll never know it's a pleasure to have him on our radio show this morning and you can hear Mel every Saturday morning <laughs> Darian Mel 10 a.m. to 1 Eastern on ES ESPN Thanks, Radio. Guys, appreciate it, man. Yeah, you Thanks, got man. it. Thanks a lot, Mel. Good stuff. I'm 97, man. I, uh, how how I far fig- is that away from perfect? <laughs> how do fig- I figure you would say something like that? Yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, you know, it's tough when you play with 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 different quarterbacks in 11 years. It's really tough. We'll narrow that number from 18 I'm making quarterbacks. excuses. <laughs> Are you Bill Belichick now? You're making excuses. No. We'll narrow it down to two. We want to hear from you. Simply put, you heard from Mel. It's too early, but it's never too early to hear your opinion. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. I want to do over. Picked first overall. 888-ESPN, <laughs> or Key J and Z on Twitter. But before you do so your arrogant. do-over, how about you do this for us? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> if you need to hire, you need Indeed. The moment you sponsor a job, Indeed instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates from their resume database. Indeed handles finding candidates with the skills you need so you can focus on hiring a person who fits you, who fits you good. Indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined. According to Breezy HR 2019, I see Breezy, I always stop. Claim your $75 credit for your first job post at indeed.com slash credit. That's indeed.com slash credit. 
Terms and conditions apply. I see. Hey, it's Greeny Tampa. Tom, the Buccaneers improved to six and two with a Monday night win over the Giants. We'll talk about that and which teams desperately need to make trades before the deadline. Greeny, starting noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and beginning Monday on ESPN Plus. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The time has arrived for Key's Real Rankings. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including the national championship winning quarterback Greg McElroy, to talk Fields and Lawrence J. at 7.30 Eastern. I don't know if I like this. Third week in a row, Key has had seven teams in the rankings. It used to change up five teams, six teams, eight teams. Third week in a row, seven teams. Don't like it. Key, any rationale for the top seven? No. When you get your top scientist and he get his top NBA going, then you guys could pick and choose how you choose to do. All right, so it's top a lucky scientist. number seven. <laughs> Safe to say none of these teams will be drafting Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence because they have their quarterback, but that is our Dr. Pepper Twitter question this morning. If you had a choice, Fields, Lawrence, to be picked number one overall April 29th, 2021 in Cleveland, which will be the home of the 2021 NFL Draft. We'll get McElroy's opinion on that as a stud college quarterback himself coming up at 7.30. So let's start it out with Key's Real Rankings, the top seven. Number seven, Saints. Where you at, who that? Look, the New Orleans sits at seven. They continue to win football games despite not having Michael Thomas in the lineup. I think <clears> when they get him back, they, they'll certainly move <laughs> up. Um, it, it, they were on a bye this week. Really can't, really can't give them any major points. Just let them rest up and get them back against Tampa Bay on a Sunday night game next week. Number six, the cute Cardinals. They were cute, but they're starting to look pretty now. (laughs) Here's Arizona again. The last time we saw them, they did work to Seattle. They are on a bye. 
They're rested up, although they got some COVID issues, as Cliff Kingsbury said yesterday. I think that this team will be an exciting team down the stretch right now, and they sit at six. I don't mind having them at six. Will they stay in the top seven or eight or nine or ten ranking as the season continues to go on? You never know why I might go. Mm. <laughs> Number five, Ravens. Big trust. Woo, woo. You know, big trust, whoop, whoop. I still believe. I still believe that the Baltimore Ravens are one of the top five teams in all of the National Football League. It's it just that they've got to now figure out the passing game for Lamar Jackson. How can we get him going? The trade deadline is today. What are you willing to do to have him evolve as a passer so you can win a Super Bowl? The Buffalo Bills notably went out and got Stephon Diggs to help Josh Allen. Let's see if they pull off a move in Baltimore to try to help Lamar Jackson. Number four, Buccaneers. Come on now, fellas. We you gotta know. answer the bell. Now let's go. Yo, soy fiesta. <laughs> Tom Brady screaming and hollering at his teammates. But anyway, uh, when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, He's passionate. They, passionate. You look at the Buccaneers at number four. They dip a little bit, right? They did. The Giants took them to the woodshed basically last night. If it wasn't for Danny Dimes not diming away on a two-point conversion to take it into overtime. It's just, it was one of those situations where you looked at the sloppy play of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the sloppy play of the New York Giants, which essentially gave the Buccaneers the victory. Danny Dimes is going in for a a go-ahead touchdown, presumably he turns the ball over. Tom Brady gets the ball, go down and score. And, And Tampa Bay wouldn't be at four if that happened. They'd still be at a higher ranking, but because they played the way they did against the Giants, I had to drop them slightly. Did you do that on purpose with Tom Brady in four? Did ah, you do that on purpose? I see what you did. <laughs> I didn't even think of it. Good good shot. <laughs> Number three, Seahawks. Mr. 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 Unlimited. Yeah, I, I, I like Seattle. I, I They're one of the top three teams in the league. You drop them down slightly at number three, but – when you look at it, this team is going to be there, I believe, in the NFC Championship game along with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Green Bay Packers or the New Orleans Saints. Those are the four that are fighting for that number one seed in the NFC. And I think when you look at it, Seattle, Russell Wilson playing for an MVP. I can guarantee you today, right now at 721 on our show, Russell Wilson will get at least one MVP vote this Mark year. Mark the tape. <laughs> Number two, Steelers. The last game was the last game. This was just. Here's a a team that's undefeated in the National Football League, but ranked number two. And and when you look at Pittsburgh, they don't win pretty. It's always kind of like ugly. It's, It's snow. It's wet. It's rain. It's Big Ben. It's the style of play that has you really believing that they could win the thing because everything that they're doing is portable. They get the football to the receivers. They run the ball. They play good defense. It's, it's one of those deals where Mike Tomlin knows how to coach. Top four coach in the National Football League. Uh, he's winning without Ben. He's winning with Ben. I think when you look at it, though, they don't have the type of explosiveness that Kansas City might have. So, therefore, they're number two. And number one, Kansas City. I'm going to go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. Might be a double. I mean, every, the moment that you think Kansas City, they lose to the Raiders, and you're like, eh. And then he comes out there, he throws for five touchdowns, 400-plus yards in the air. He basically did what he wanted to do against the New York Jets. And, and it's – I mean, they are the, the 
the cream of the crop. I mean, you can't say anything about Kansas City. Defense is playing pretty good. They got all the toys and weapons. They've inserted Le'Veon Bell into the equation now. So there's a two-headed monster in the backfield. I'm looking forward to seeing them kind of just continue to move forward and get to the playoffs because I want to see what they look like come playoff time. To see if they can win their second Super Bowl in as many years after waiting 50 years between Super Bowl four and 54. That's how you make it efficient. So you had the Steelers at number two, but is it too early to talk about something he doesn't want to talk about? But we will. 16-0 talk. Remember the Dolphins, the only team, the 72 Dolphins, to go perfect the whole way. Back then they were playing a 14-game regular season. The Pats did go perfect in the regular season in the Brady era before being tripped up by the Giants. Jay, you wanted to get into something before we go perfection possibility? I did just because I wanted to understand the reasoning a little bit. I know that they're undefeated, but it's interesting when I hear Key's brain and how it works because his reasoning for the Steelers were they, they found a way to win ugly. The game wasn't pretty. It was ugly. But then Tampa Bay, they went ugly, and they get dropped because they went ugly. So I'm just I'm trying I'm trying to figure that out. Tampa Bay's ugly win, they almost lost, right? They almost lost. Baltimore is 18 times better than the Giants. 18 times. Do the math. It's not even close. Understood. So, so when I look at the opponent, hmm. I look at the opponent, and I look at how the Giants played the Buccaneers so tough. Tampa should have lost the game. But doesn't there was no they should have lost that game to a team that has one victory on the year. Fighting to stay alive for a top draft pick. That's what they were doing. I mean, but can't you say every team has those type of games? I mean, no, the Steelers were no. Steelers were in battles no. with the Texans. No, they were I in can't. battles with the Broncos. The Texans are better than the Giants. Uh, the Texans are better than the Giants. Uh, and when the Steelers uh, needed to pull away from the Giants, they pulled away. Are they, though? Yeah. Are they? I don't Man, know. hell yeah. They uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, the Texans are way better than the Giants. Okay. All right. I don't know about that. Just because you say it, I don't know about that. So you 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 want Danny Dimes and Deshaun Watson? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's just – but it's just not a matchup, but just the quarterbacks. No, but I'm just saying you want that or you want what you have. So you're telling me – so, I mean, both teams – the Texans have won one game. They're and you're better telling, and, but than you're, the Giants. They're exponentially so. better than the Giants. You can just say that with conviction? I, I could say it with conviction. I promise you I can. If they play the Giants okay. straight up, they're going to pop the Giants. Okay. Let me say this with conviction. For those of you just waking up, didn't see the end of the game last night, it was quite a doozy. The Giants score a touchdown going in for a game-tying two-point conversion – and Daniel Jones throws to the end zone, looking for Deion Lewis. Antoine Winfield Jr. got in there. They initially threw a flag on a two-point conversion to tie a game late in the fourth quarter. Eventually, the flag was picked up, and the Bucks survived 25-23. They are now 6-2. and two. So let's just go win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Steelers schedule the rest of the way as they the league's chance. lone unbeaten. All right, let's start. This is an easy one, guys. We'll just spitball them back and forth. This Sunday, next up at Dallas. Win. Danucci, win. <laughs> Key? Uh, I win. Okay, then, now this is intriguing because this guy's a little better than Danucci. Mm. Uh, they will host the Bengals. Win, man, stop. They're not the Bengals ain't going to beat them. I mean, I, I, I think Joe Burrow, the way he played last game, it could be interesting if That's he gets cool. hot. He, he, but I would still have Pittsburgh favored. Stop, man. Then they'll go to Jacksonville. The mustache. Stop. <laughs> okay. That's a win. So now we're 10-0. Out of Ravens, that's the game. Mm, that's the one. They'll host Baltimore Thanksgiving night in front of the entire it, country. It, it could be interesting, but I, I still think that Pittsburgh, will, it's the same thing. What 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 are they going to do to make a difference for Lamar Jackson in the passing game? What are they going to do? Are they going to go out and acquire 
an alpha dog at wide receiver? Are they going to go get me a 6'3", 210-pound, sub 4'4 guy that they're going to find somewhere? They got eight and a half hours to do it. The deadline they, for you Go find today. me that dude. I need one of them dudes. Well, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, they don't fear the Ravens. As he said. They don't fear the Ravens, so I look forward to that game. Okay, so now we're at 11 and 0. Oh. Then the only host- team that can beat them is the Colts. The Colts are the Ravens. Those are the two. I mean, maybe the Bills. We'll get to the Colts. So here you in don't a really. Here's the here's the crazy thing about it, is the only team that can beat them in our eyes may be like the Colts and maybe the Bills or maybe the Ravens, but there's always this team that you never think about. That mm. all of a sudden you look up and you go, oh damn. They down by how many? You know, so you you just got to be careful. That's why I'm not always 16-0, 16-0. Because as you start to get into week 13, 12, and it starts to come up even more, that pressure starts to, to come on, the stress level of going 16-0, that's a lot. I mean, you had this conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs. I told them, man, they're not going 16-0. Then they get popped. By the Raiders. That they did. Let's run through it real quick. Week 13, as you mentioned, that 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Washington football team obviously win? It should be a win, but you just never know. That'll be, a, that'll be an interesting game. Kyle Allen played. may come out and just torch them. And then it'll be at Buffalo. That's the one you kind of had a little trepidation about a minute yeah, ago. Yeah, you go, okay, Buffalo, What 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 you know? what's the environment, the flight, snow, rain, No stand, nobody in the stands. It feels like a practice. You slip up and you lose that game. Burrow again after that? I just, yeah, I look, I would love to see a team go undefeated. It just seems improbable in a year that we have COVID. We have a lot of health issues that come up. And I, it just, it seems so tough. I would love to see it happen, especially to a team that I said at the beginning of the year, I thought they were one of the best teams in the NFL. And Jay, you were a little more bullish on the Colts. That would be their penultimate game, week 16, presuming they're coming in at 14 and 0. Because their defense is ridiculous, and it just depends upon what Phillip Rivers you get that day. But see, you never know. By the time they get to week 16, the division is wrapped up, the seeding is wrapped up. Now they just like, whatever. But what about in week 17 if the Browns, their week 17 <laughs> opponent, is fighting for their playoff lives? Doesn't matter. If I'm if I'm already packed in in week 17, go ahead, fight for your playoff life. Ben's not playing, you know, so and so's not playing. We're resting our guys. That would be my philosophy. So you would say at 15 and 0, Tony Dungy and the Colts had to deal with this before. At 15 and 0, with the chance for perfection, if Pittsburgh has sealed the deal and Cleveland's fighting for its life, you'd rather say, let's just lose this game, go 15 and 1. We got the top seed anyway. What did any of those perfections what? get anybody other than Miami Dolphins? Correct. The Colts did not win the Super Bowl. What? That particular, yes. The Colts wow. didn't win the Super Bowl, what? and neither did the New York. I mean, neither did the New England Patriots. Jay's melting down over. If here, you're 15 and 0, you're telling me you don't just continue, continue to strive for. Perfection for excellence. And the Denver Broncos were 14 and 2 that year. They lost to the Giants when they rolled in the Giants Stadium at 13 and 0. 13 and 0. I remember that. It just doesn't, you, your mind, Jay, I understand from a fan's standpoint, you want to, you know, but, you want to get to the 16 and 0, but from a coach's off front office organizational standpoint, the New England Patriots went 16 and 0 because they wanted to prove to people that they were not cheating and they were going to change that narrative. By look at us. We're going to roll regardless of what y'all say. When other teams get there, it's just not an interest to coaches. They'd rather get out of there healthy. Well, uh, you know, in, in a year like this, I can see where that would make sense just because the Steelers. No, in any year, not well, just I, this year. I know, year. but especially this year because the Steelers didn't get their bye week, right, due to the COVID issue with the Titans. Is that right? Yeah, so they, they didn't, didn't get, get their bye week, so they're playing X amount of weeks straight. But in a normal 
I don't know. I, that's a different conversation. If it was a normal year, I don't, I don't know. We got a break, Jay. I know. That's why I stopped. Is it a hard outbreak? No, no, it's, just no, a it's break. not a hard outbreak. It's, it's, it's just a regular, regular break. break. Yes, it's Still regular. to come in one minute. Fields or Lawrence? One has a national title. One's looking for his first. They met last year in the playoff. We'll ask our national title winning quarterback who would be best at the pro level. Greg McElroy's on the way, but first, here's SportsCenter. And we welcome in Greg McElroy this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. ESPN college football analyst, but I want to ask him to extrapolate to the next level. Greg, good morning. We are asking everybody this morning on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN or KJNZ on Twitter, if you prefer. Who would you draft number one overall next April in Cleveland? Roger Goodell, first say in the name of Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. You've watched them both at the collegiate level. Push ahead, though, to the pro level. Better choice. And Trevor Lawrence and guys uh, it's not that I dislike Justin Fields by any stretch of the imagination I think he's excellent and his best football's in front of him remember this is a guy that still has only started uh, 15 games in his career so it's not like we're talking about some ridiculous sample size and evaluating him and already just in the first two games of this season he looks better than he did almost at any point last year so I'm very encouraged by the trajectory of Justin Fields but y'all Trevor Lawrence is the best prospect I've watched at the quarterback spot since Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was my favorite prospect ever. So Trevor Lawrence is that close. And I would honestly argue that the gap between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields is maybe wider than the gap between Justin Fields and Trey Lance, who is, for all intents and purposes, likely the third quarterback off the board next April. So uh, I love Trevor Lawrence. He's athletic. He obviously is remarkably gifted throwing the football. He's a capable and willing runner if needed, even though that's likely not going to be what he's asked to do in the NFL. And the other thing, he's shouldered the load and the burden of being the face of college football for the for the last three years. And and the guy, obviously, this offseason, he's grown, he's mature, he's been out there on the front lines with his teammates, preaching for social justice, preaching for all these other things that show me he can carry the burden of being a billion-dollar franchise's face. And that, I think, is something that gave him even a little bit more of a bump up, even from where he was last year, based on how he played on film. I think both are very good quarterbacks. I think you make a case for Trevor Lawrence. There's no question about it. I just know that where we are today in November 3rd, opposed to where we'll be in April, is a long list of things that I got to see from both quarterbacks to make that determination that Trevor Lawrence is the next Andrew Luck, by the way, who, to me, as I always say, Greg, Andrew Luck didn't win anything in the National Football League. He was a good prospect. One AFC championship appearance, but oh. didn't really win anything. So I kind of slowed down until I really got to dive into things six months from now. Get him, that's Greg. Just me. Get him, just Greg. Me. Get just, him, Greg. That's who I am. All right. Hey, that's – no, I guess we only evaluate players based on, like, the eight years that they're in the league. You know, that's where we stop it. Hang on a second. So let me just – he didn't win anything. I hear you. That's fine. Didn't win a Super Bowl. Didn't get to a Super Bowl. I won't push back because I can't. Those are the facts. But he also inherited a team that went 0-16, you know, and then they took him to the playoffs in his rookie year. He also went to the Pro Bowl almost every year, and you ask anybody that's coached the quarterback position, including Bruce Arians, and if y'all look this up, it's fact. Bruce Arians said the perfect quarterback is Andrew Luck, and Bruce Arians coached Andrew Luck, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, 
Carson Palmer. Bruce Arians have been around some of the best. Roethlisberger, and he said the best one that he's ever been around from a physical talent standpoint is Andrew Luck. And y'all, he never had the roster. His offensive line was a turnstile throughout the first six years of his career. His weapons, for the most part, were pretty good, but in some ways aging. His best receiver throughout the vast majority of his career was T.Y. Hilton, and he might be the second or third best receiver on the Cowboys right now. I mean, we're talking about a guy that had to do more with less than probably anyone else at the quarterback spot for a very long period of time. Indianapolis is not exactly a great organization, so I didn't think he went to an ideal circumstance and made the most of what was uh, a difficult circumstance, and it burned him out. That's why he shut it down early. See, I, I don't want to get the, the conversation would be too long. We got a whole bunch more to talk about in terms of the team that he inherited <laughs> because, you know, the team that he inherited did have some players. Remember, Peyton Manning did leave the team, and then therefore – that team was not very good. Then he comes in, and he kind of ride the ship, got him to the playoffs, did some things. But what I'm saying is it's too early to just put a stamp on Trevor Lawrence as a, you know, Andrew Luck-type guy, once-in-a-lifetime quarterback, because several years ago we said that about Sam Darnold. Several years ago we said that about other quarterbacks and other players. I just like to wait till April till we actually get him in the room, see what it looks like coming off their wrists, all of the sort of things that you have to do from a scouting standpoint before we just make a determination that he's the guy. He's the guy. I go back to, to drafts where it back. was you could go Peyton back. Manning, mm -hmm. Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning. Get him, Greg. Right. You know, so when you look <laughs> right. at it, it's like, get him, right. Greg. I, I hear you. Hey, hey, I, I feel you, Key. Like, I'm totally with you. But if you go back over the last six or seven years, every single guy that was taken first overall has a knock on him except Andrew Luck. And tell me the knock on Trevor. Like, right now, seriously, tell me what – like, what is it that you're not yet – 100% sure on. Well, he's played on the big stage, won national championships. All right, he's 6'6". He's 220. He's going to run 4'6", 4'5". He's uh, obviously a remarkable leader, knowing his involvement. He's incredibly mature and makes great decisions off the field. The guy's engaged. He's a family man. Like, what? Please, tell me, like, what, what are we trying that, to do see, all, with, all that right with there, him? Like, all that right there doesn't mean anything to me. I need you to win football games. So engaged and family man, that's cool. I think a lot of quarterbacks the are that way. The guy's got 33 wins. The guy's got 33 wins in two and a half years. You, I need you to win when you play for me in the National Football League. What you did at Clemson, it's great. I need you to win. I need you to win football games in the National Football League. I need you to help my team win. Everything that you laid out, he's great, he's this. That's cool. But come Sundays, can you help me win? That's all I care about. And I think he can. But it's too early for me to just make him the number one overall pick and say that I'm taking him over some other guys when I've yet to do a full evaluation. Greg, he has won a lot of games at Clemson, though. How much more do you need him to win, right? right. Well, you know how it goes, man. A lot, of dudes, like, a lot of dudes win a lot right. of games, though, Greg. You know that. In a lot of places. And no, then turn right. out, hey, I, and then I, turn I, out I, I to not be of... so good. <laughs> I can think of one that you're looking at right now that won a lot of games well, in college. I'm not talking about you. So well in the league, but <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm just being real. I'm just being real. I'm not taking it personal. I'll be the first one to admit. Uh, I think he's hella quarterback. This, There's no like, question we, about it. But I also like Justin Fields, and it also depends on what team is picking no at doubt. one. Right? I mean, it also depends I, on see, what team me, is picking at one. I, 
I, but yeah, not really, though. To me, like, if I'm the Jets or the Giants or the Miami Dolphins, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence if I have the first overall pick. Miami Dolphins obviously owning Houston's pick. So is it likely they have it? I don't know. But I do know that Trevor Lawrence anticipates throws. Justin Fields still a little decisive. Like, there's things that I need to see from Justin Fields in That's the fair. next six games. Granted, he only has six more games that I have already seen Trevor Lawrence check that box. Fields hasn't checked that box yet. Doesn't mean he won't, just means he hasn't. So I need to see a lot more from Justin Fields to close that gap than I do from Trevor Lawrence to keep him at number one. So Greg, I just want to clarify because a lot of people who are Jets fans or Giants fans would talk about, hey, let's hold on to Sam Darnold. Let's hold on to Daniel Jones. Let's potentially trade that pick to see what other assets I could potentially get for that. You're not saying that. You're saying you're taking Trevor Lawrence and you will deal with where these other quarterbacks go later. Yeah, because if I'm a GM, if I'm Dave Gettleman in, in New York and I have the first overall pick, yeah, I know my guy a couple years ago was Daniel Jones by all means. The guy's got turnover juice, man. So does Darnold. The guys are careless with the football. There's seven or eight amazing plays that those guys make every week, but there's also four plays in which they just gift wrap the ball and hand it to the other team. And I cannot, I will not survive. I will not survive if I pass on a future Hall of Famer. Like that, that's the ultimate. It's not necessarily always about your, your, your misses. For instance, if you draft Trevor Lawrence at number one overall and he busts, who are we going to blame? Are we going to blame the Jets? Are we going to blame, you know, the Raiders like we did Jamarcus Russell? No, we blame Jamarcus Russell. You blame the number one overall pick. You're the number one overall pick for a reason. If you can't put it all together, then it's usually a reflection on the player. The, the team doesn't all often get criticized for not developing the number one. However, if you pass on a future Hall of Famer, the chickens are coming home to roost at some point, and you are going to get fired because that guy will go elsewhere a la Chicago Bears, Mitch Trubisky, Pat Mahomes. He'll go elsewhere, and he will make you pay for it every single year, and the fan base will not forget. So you can tell me all you want about, oh, well, you know, I got a guy. I, I like him. I like Darnold. I like Daniel Jones. I like both those guys. They're still young in their career. I still think they can be really good players in this league. But I refuse to miss out on potentially a future Hall of Famer and be in the situation that the Bears are in right now because that is not a situation I envy. Dan, uh, excuse me, Greg, we got just like 30 seconds to go. I'm just going to give you the teams right now, just at the top of the NFL draft, obviously subject to change as records change. Just give me a yes, no here on Trevor Lawrence since he's by far your top guy. Right now, number one, Jets. Yes, no. Yes, Trevor Lawrence. Giants, number two. Oh, that's, that's tough for because I like Daniel Jones enough. Uh, I think Justin Fields is going to end up in Jacksonville. Giants will probably go with some position player to fortify, uh, to fortify a lot of the holes that they have. You say Fields to Jacksonville, but the Jags are sitting here at three. Lawrence. Uh, I think Lawrence would be great if he falls, but Fields is a pretty good consolation prize. And then how about uh, five, six? Just interested. Dallas, Atlanta at five, six. Dallas, oh, offensive line has just been such a problem this year. So I take the best available along the offensive line. And then Atlanta, I would strongly consider quarterback, depending on what happens with Matt Ryan down the stretch. Seven, Washington, last one. They got some issues. They have a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> 
they have a lot of issues, but the, the, it starts at, it starts at quarterback. So if one of the three guys is available, they'll go quarterback, or maybe they consider the kid from BYU, Zach Wilson, who's rising rapidly uh, through the first round potentially. Wilson's having an unbelievable season. Saw him the last two Saturday nights on ESPN. He can throw it. Certainly, as many BYU signal callers have. you got to give Key credit. He got you fired up for your radio show starting this morning at 9 a.m. Very entertaining, Greg. I I took the whole segment (laughs) off. This was great. <laughs> hey man, we see things different. That's all. And we'll see you on Get Up at the top of the hour. Hey, it's it's hey, agree to disagree. It's all in love. It's no problem. No doubt. Greg, thanks very much. We'll see you at the top of the hour on ESPN. We'll hear you on the radio in just over an hour. That's Greg McElroy in the show Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils made from natural gas gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proofs in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. On the way, a college head coach entering the biggest game of his young career at an SEC powerhouse, and he provides the distraction on game week. We'll get to that after Key. You want to know the best part about college football? Anything can happen as long as you have the drive. Whatever on the field or on the edge of your seat, Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected, to take every epic upset, touchdown, fourth quarter, comeback in stride and let it move you, no matter what the reason the season throws your way. Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Visit Goodyear.com to find what moves you. Goodyear.moredriven. If they want to move, we might be able to bring him to L.A., though, for the Lakers. Him, LeBron, A.D., that's your whole team in cap space. Yeah, but that's all you need in a bunch of me's and you's. Hey, look, me's is different than you's. You better stop putting us in the same category. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.